Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew. Hey, guys. I'm Suzanne. And this is the Qlips English Podcast. Welcome back to Qlips. Today we have a simplified speech episode for you. And simplified speech is the Qlips series for English language learners that features clear, natural, and easy to understand conversations about an interesting topic. And joining me today, fresh off of a recent trip to France, is my co host, Suzanne. Hey there, Sue. Bonjour. Uh, hi, Andrew. <laughs> hey, everyone. Yes, as we talked about recently here on Simplified Speech, I just returned from visiting France. Yes. And listeners, Suzanne and I were talking off the air about this trip. And by the way, off the air is an expression that TV and radio broadcasters, and I guess even podcasters like us, we use to talk about conversations that aren't recorded or broadcasted. So usually before or after a filming or recording session, people can use this expression off the air. So, Sue, you and I, we were talking off the air, and you mentioned that you learned some fascinating French wedding traditions during your trip. And that's what we're going to talk about here in this episode today. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait to share what I learned with you all here in just a moment. But before we start, everyone, I want to let you know that there is a transcript and a study guide for this episode that is available for all QLIPS members. So following along with the transcript and doing the practice exercises and quiz in the study guide is a great way to learn with this episode. Sign up and become a QLIPS member so you can get the study guide and transcript. Just visit our website, QLIPS.com. We also want to give a shout out to Sam, one of our listeners from Colombia, who left a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And Sam wrote in the review, Hi, I wanted to tell you that I connected with your show instantly. I love the topics and my listening has improved a lot. Thanks. So thank you so much, Sam, for that awesome review. We're super stoked to hear that you've been able to improve your English with QLips. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to everyone who has been rating, reviewing, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app or telling your friends about QLips. It's really helping more people learn about us and connect with us. So keep up the great work and thanks again. Yes, indeed. Okay, Suzanne, let's get to it. I want to hear all about these interesting wedding traditions that you learned about during your trip to France. Now, I know your wedding's happening in France, right? So I'm sure you've been doing just a lot of planning and consulting with different people, trying to get your wedding organized. Uh, lay it on us. What did you learn <laughs> about weddings in France that kind of surprised you or that you found interesting? Yeah. So it's going to be in the summer of 2022 because we had to postpone due to COVID. And we have a wedding planner because we don't live there. So it's way easier to work with someone who's 
on the ground, you know, in that world and knows contacts and resources to make it a swifter process. Sure. Yeah, I could imagine it would be a nightmare trying to organize food and music and snacks and refreshments from Montreal. You'd have to like wake up in the middle of the night to phone people. It would be quite difficult. Exactly. It is. It really, really is. So what was great was that our wedding planner knew we were there for two weeks and set up all of our appointments within those two weeks. So we were able to bounce around and travel all over southern France and meet with all of the purveyors or suppliers and musicians and DJs, that kind of thing. So something that's an interesting tradition in France, usually in North America, the weddings will end at midnight and you pretty much leave, break it up, go home and or maybe go to a bar or an after party. But most of the time, the venue closes at midnight. And in France, when you rent a space for your wedding, you have it from Friday afternoon till like Monday. What? (laughs) Until Monday? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're actually able to hang out there and spend time as much as you want. Basically, we would have our party going all night long. They usually don't end till the sun comes up and people are dancing and eating food and just partying and drinking all night long. (laughs) That is something that when I told my American friends and family, they kind of freaked out like, what? You mean all night? And I was like, yeah. I was like, so get ready. I'm letting you know now. (laughs) You don't have to book a hotel room for that night. You can just stay up all night partying at the wedding reception. Camp out. Yeah, it's fine. So that's an interesting tradition that isn't normal in the States or in North America. Another tradition is that in France, you have to have a civil ceremony. So that's like going to the courthouse, right? Or your mayor's office or a kind of more bureaucratic governmental space to sign papers and and make it official with an official representative of the town, like a mayor or a rep. But that's not usual in North America. Usually you get a license from that courthouse, and then you have your own ceremony that you create. Right. And many people will have a ceremony that follows their religious traditions. So if a Christian couple were to get married, for example, they might do it in a church or whatever your religious background is, you'd kind of match that tradition to the way that you get married. And some people do do a civil ceremony in Canada. I've had friends who have gotten married at a courthouse, for example, or sometimes they'll have, you know, like an official representative from the government perform the wedding. But uh, there are options, I guess. But it sounds like maybe in France that option is unavailable. Is that is that true? Oh, no, no, no. You, you can have a religious ceremony. You just have to do that 
other one first to make it official. Ah, okay. You you have to do this civil ceremony if you want it to be official in France. Mm. Then you can have a ceremony with an officiant in the park, outside, in a beautiful location, on a beach. You can have it in a church. You can have it in a mosque. You can do whatever you want afterwards. But to make it official, you need to have this paperwork ceremony, which is so bizarre <laughs> um, to me because it's so like official and not romantic and very businesslike. And also the whole tradition of not seeing, you know, seeing the bride's dress, like coming down the aisle or like being having that moment where you see each other, it's a little anticlimactic. And so I actually have two different dresses so that I could have one kind of just casual thing at the civil ceremony. And then I can actually have that big wow moment in the beautiful romantic ceremony by the castle. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a little weird for me. I mean, it's not weird for French people. It's normal, but it's a little... It's a little culture shock for you. It's a little like not romantic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like you're like, okay, we're, we're getting into business with each other. You know, <laughs> it's like you go and sign papers and like shake hands with the mayor. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's a little weird. So I just want to take a step back for a second, Suzanne, and ask you a couple of clarifying questions because I think you said a lot of interesting things there. Just so I understand, do you have to do this civil ceremony before the wedding or could you do it after? Before. You have to do it before. Yeah. That's really interesting. Here in South Korea, you do have to do this kind of process. You have to register your marriage with the government. However, you could do that before you get married or you could do it after and it's not really like a ceremony or anything. You just go to a government office and apply and do it. But in France, it's not just an application. You actually have to have a kind of ceremony with an official. Yes. Okay. The mayor. It's with the mayor of the town. You go to the city hall of that town. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's a small village because that's where Olivier's mom lives. Mm -hmm. And it's a small village. And it's a, like a little mayor's office and like you all, like all the people try to pack on in to this mayor's office. Oh, so it's open to guests as well. Guests will come. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's so weird. That is strange from our uh, North American perspective. One of the things that you mentioned just a moment ago, Suzanne, was that you want your partner, Ali, to see you in your wedding dress for the first time. And that's uh, kind of a tradition that we have in North America. Could you just explain that to our listeners? Maybe they don't know about this culture. Sure. So actually, even photographers label it as first look. So there's two ways now that people do it. You could be standing the the groom or one of the partners waiting for the bride or other partner to come down the quote unquote aisle. It's not all there's not always an aisle, but um it's an entrance, right? It's like a grand entrance of the bride or one of the partners. And you make an entrance with your 
wedding attire and it's like, wow, there's the bride. And it's kind of a gift for the groom or for the other partner. Like, you know, there's like a tradition that it's bad luck to see the bride before the wedding in her dress Mm -hmm. so that it's kind of this big moment. And now photographers have added another version of this where instead of the big reveal happening in public in front of all the guests, sometimes they also have it in a private moment, maybe in the vineyard or by the castle or the little uh, chapel or something. And you turn your backs to each other and then you like turn around and you're like, wow, hi. But it's like a private moment. Uh, okay. Um, and then they capture it on camera. Uh, so that's also interesting and taking it to a different, more private context. But I don't know. I kind of find it special. So that's why I decided, fine, I'll just wear a little civil ceremony dress and my other wedding dress for the bigger celebration. That sounds like a good way to get around that issue and <laughs> costs more money, but <laughs> yeah, an expensive solution, but a solution nonetheless. <laughs> here here in South Korea where I'm living, there isn't this tradition. It's not strange at all for the groom to actually go wedding dress shopping with the bride. Oh wow. Before our wedding, my fiance at the time, now my wife, she was like, uh, when do you have some time to go shopping for the wedding dress? You want to go on Saturday this week, next week? When can we go? And I was like, what? I can't go wedding dress shopping with you. And so that was yeah. a bit of a culture clash. But I was happy in that moment that we had that tradition because I got out of dress shopping for a day. So that was <laughs> kind of saved me an afternoon. Yeah, I don't think Olivier would have enjoyed the process either with me. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Well, there's one other tradition, Andrew, that I want to tell you guys about. Well, there's a couple, but yeah, let us know. It's kind of about the food, I would say. Okay. Um, It's very common to have champagne, but this is kind of across the board. A lot of people drink champagne in order to celebrate events like this, but it's like a whole thing, meaning you have to like go and do like champagne tasting and you're going to have a champagne from Champagne, France. Are you going to have a champagne that's not officially champagne? And it has to be true champagne or it's not champagne so it's like a very big deal well france is the birthplace of champagne right Right. so i'm sure it's a very serious business they take it seriously so this is really something that i just kind of looked to olivier to decide i i said i don't really care uh if it's from champagne or if it's from napa valley or if it's from Bordeaux, I don't really care. You just go ahead and choose it. That's fine. (laughs) Um, So that was not a big deal to me. But for dessert, I have two pictures that I'll share with you guys. um, So you can see the difference and the juxtaposition, the comparison pictures of these two different kinds of cakes that happen, one in France and one traditionally in North America. 
And in France, they do these towers. They're like big upside down cones. And there are little eclairs all around this cone. And people go up and pick different kinds of eclairs and put them in their plate. And that's the kind of traditional or sometimes macaroons. And that's kind of the traditional French dessert. Now, if Americans saw that on a plate, like little tiny eclairs, like finger foods, Mm -hmm. they'd be like, I'm sorry, what is this? I mean, it's yummy, but it's a pastry. It's not cake. It's not a wedding cake. So we're going to have this tower of eclairs and a smaller, not as big, but a, like medium to small size American, maybe two or three tiered wedding cake so that the Americans can also have a piece of cake. And it was funny because I was really pushing for this and my wedding planner found someone in the town who makes American style wedding cakes. And so we went to go have a meeting with them and we were talking and both the wedding planner and my mother-in-law and my fiance to an extent, they were like, but how do you serve it? And I'm like, you just cut it and you serve it. And they're like, but so if you have different flavors, doesn't everyone want to taste all the flavors? And I'm like, no, you just pick (laughs) the flavor you want. You want chocolate or you want vanilla or you want pistachio. You can't taste all of them. But what if you want to taste all of them? I was like, tough. (laughs) (laughs) You get one piece of cake. You just get a piece. (laughs) You get a piece and you enjoy it. And you have some eclair and you call it a day. Mm. And they, they were just so confused by like this big cake. They're like, but don't you want something small? Like maybe we cut it into small pieces and we just, everyone tastes each flavor. And I'm like, no. This is not a little eclair. This is a piece of cake. Like it's a chunk. People want to see a big chunk of cake. That's how it works. That's how it works. And that's how it's going to (laughs) be. I had to really stand my ground, Andrew. I had to really like be the U.S. contingent, the North American (laughs) force in this. I was outnumbered in this cake tasting experience. And I had to say, this is how it's going to be. If people want a second piece of cake, they can come back. But I guarantee you, most French people are going to be sugared out by the time they have three eclairs and a piece of cake. I'm sure they're going to be fine. And we also are going to have a poutine bar at about one or two in the morning. Yeah. So I think they're going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing wedding. Uh, I'm sure your guests will be very happy. (laughs) A poutine bar, an all-night party, champagne, two wedding cakes, an eclair cake, an American-style cake. (laughs) Uh, You're going to have the wedding of the year, Suzanne. Yes, maybe. Let's hope it happens, right? Let's, Let's pray that all can still happen, so... (laughs) Yes, of course, it it is stressful planning a wedding during these uneasy times, but I think uh, you'll be all right. And as it gets closer and closer to the date, I'm sure you'll have more stories to share. And if they are as (laughs) interesting as these ones were, then we're in for a treat, me and all of our listeners as well. 
But Suzanne, I think we'll wrap things up here for today. So thanks again for sharing uh, that interesting part of French culture with us. And listeners, thank you for listening and making it to the end of this episode. You can feel good about getting some English listening practice in today. So congrats on making it to the end. And if you enjoy listening to Culips and find us helpful for building your English language skills, then we would love it if you could support us. There are many ways that you can do that, but perhaps the best way is to sign up and become a Culips member on our website, culips.com. And once you become a member, there are so many awesome benefits that you'll get, such as complete unlimited access to the study guides and transcripts for all of our episodes, plus so much more. So just visit culips.com to find out all the details and to sign up. But that's not the only way that you can support us. You could also leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to Culips on your favorite podcast app or service. You could tell your friends who are learning English to check us out, or you could follow us on social media. We're most active these days on Instagram and YouTube. And Suzanne will share your wedding cake pictures on our Instagram as well. So listeners, check Instagram for those photos. Our email address is contact at culips.com. And if you have any questions for us or maybe a suggestion for an upcoming episode, feel free to send us an email and let us know. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. Bye, guys. <laughs>